Community sounds like. Stay open. Welcome to episode 52 of Tap the Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with my buddy John Ream, we are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experience to you, the listener. We are recording on Sunday, July 17, 2016, and in this episode, we are going to discuss New Belgium's Fat Tire and Friends collab beer pack. We have a listener question. We also have our tasting notes segment with the Arrogant Bastard Ale. So, if you haven't gone out and got your Arrogant Bastard Ale yet, go out and get it before we get to that segment. And, of course, you can count on John and I having our normal beer banter. But, before we get into all that fun, how are you doing tonight, John? You know, it's summertime, and uh, it's a good time to grill, have some beer. And we've had some nice, nice weather to do that in, but I haven't had a grill. I've been sad. <laughs> what, wait, what happened to your grill? Uh, I I gotta replace a gasket on it, and I'm taking advantage of that to like re- reseal the table because it was getting kind of bad, uh, getting some some bad uh, water damage in some of the planks oh. of the wood. So okay, okay. It's taking longer than I wanted to though, and I've missed some great like evenings to like you know throw some burgers on, knock back a few beers. It's got me a little bummed. Yeah, because that's the key of summer is barbecuing. I just I barbecued yesterday and today, and of course I smell like uh, you know cooked uh, animal fat or whatever <laughs> from from all the the food. But hey, you know what? That's what summer's about. So I recommend that after you get all your stuff you know fixed, uh, you should invest in a cover for your grill so that it won't get weathered. Yeah, except we get so much wetness here for nine months of the year that a lot of folks end up with a lot of grossness underneath. Oh. Because um, it, it never dries out enough for you to be able to, like, throw it on, you know, without having moisture underneath already. Yeah. So it'll be all right. It's, it's been – I haven't had to do this for six years, so – you know, it's been a long time coming. Okay. okay. You know what? That That's true. That's true. At least it's 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 not all the time, so that works. But another thing you can do, maybe you could uh, you could build a little covering for your little awning for your barbecue, too. It'll keep that moisture off of it. Yeah, I've thought about it. I've debated that <laughs> one. Mostly because I want to stand under it when I'm grilling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it does rain, you know, while in Seattle. It rains during the summer and during the winter. And now if you build that awning, you'll be able to barbecue all year round without worrying about the weather. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. It should be back up and running this week, but it's been a sad, like, week and a half here. It's been out of commission. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get it it fixed so you can still enjoy some of that summer while it's left. Yeah. But all right. Well, hey, you know what? It is happy hour, John. It's the happy time. What are you drinking tonight while we talk about craft beer? So, uh, since we're talking the collaboration pack, I'm drinking the only thing I have left from that, which is just <laughs> run-of-the-mill fat tire. So, 
uh, that's what I'm enjoying tonight. All right. Well, I am also enjoying beers from that collaboration pack. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties before we started recording. I, and during that time, I actually drank a whole fat hoppy ale. And because I didn't want to have an empty glass while we actually started talking on the show, I went ahead and poured another one from that batch. I poured the Fat Tire Pale Ale. So we were not going to talk about details on these yet because we have a whole segment is focused on that. But I just want to give listeners a heads up that we are drinking from this this nice collaboration pack. But, uh, you know, you mentioned your barbecue being out of commission. Was there anything fun and exciting that you did since our last episode besides, you know, not being able to barbecue? I've been doing a little training. Oh, what, um, what kind of training? Uh, just training to be the best, like no one ever was before. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> a, little, uh, a little Pokemon Go action. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, John. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it's it's fun seeing some of the stuff from my, my childhood. Uh, you know, because it, it's, it's just the original 151 right now. So I actually know all all the ones that I'm like coming across. Okay. So like once they start adding in the other like newer ones, the, the nostalgia is gonna start to slip pretty fast, and I'll probably uh, hang it up. But it's giving me something to do on my on my evening walks, and you know, a little enjoyable. Okay. So. All right. Well, you know what? That is the one nice thing about this whole Pokemon Go uh, fad. And it's a fad. It's gonna be dead in two weeks, I think. But that's just my naysaying. Uh, but it, what is good is it does get you out. In fact, my daughter texted me right before we started recording. She said uh, her friend uh, came back uh, from Boise to Pocatello for the weekend, and she got her hooked on the Pokemon Go. They were out for four hours today, uh, you know, searching around for, for Pokemon. And then they're going out again tonight for a few hours to go do some more uh, hunting around. And what's great about that is that that's getting my daughter out off the couch, out of the house, getting some exercise. And that is the key, is to you know get out there and, and get some exercise and enjoy what you know we have out there instead of just sitting inside and, and you know her watching her, her Netflix uh, you know girly shows that you know teenage girly shows. She's not a teenager but she still watches those type of shows. <laughs> I mean they yeah. never grow up from that. Yeah, it's definitely getting people out. On my my evening walks, I usually you know maybe run across one other person when I'm out. But <laughs> since Pokemon Go started, like there's a couple dozen you know up in the neighborhood, like looking for stuff and bouncing between the the two Poke Stops that are up oh, in the neighborhood above me. Wow. So, do, now, yeah. do you think because Nintendo of America is is based out of Seattle that there's more stuff to do in your area, or is it just kind of the same everywhere? Uh, no, it, it's all based off uh, game Ingress, mm-hmm. um, which was developed by the same company, Niantic. Uh, so all the like locations and everything were built into Ingress, and they they used that database to build Pokemon Go. So okay. it's everything was user submitted. So wherever people were playing. Um, you know, ingress. There's a bunch of stuff to do for Pokemon Go. Okay. So, excellent, excellent. Well, get out there. You must catch them all. That's right. I'm only a third of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. 
So how about you? What have you been up to? Well, I mentioned in the last episode that I had a week off during the 4th of July week. And I have been preparing the house for uh, a painter to come in and do exterior painting. Because I have a two-story house and there's no way that I'm going to go and risk my life to paint the house. And plus, you know what? I'll pay someone to go out there and do a good job and, and not you know have me not have to worry about it. But before I can get all that done, I need to make sure all the the prep work outside uh, is is kind of done. Like like I have some some water damaged trim pieces and some and some molding and stuff. So I have been spending a week. Well, actually, it was a week during that Fourth uh, of July week, and then this the last this last weekend, I spent two days going and repairing all the damaged pieces so that when the guy comes in to do the the prep for the painting that he'll have good solid material to lay that paint on and I'll, I'll tell you what I am NOT a carpenter uh, these hands were not meant to to work uh, and build things uh, at least wood things because uh, I just don't I mean I I like to dabble in it but man it takes me about I'd say three times longer than an average person to, to do it but it saves me some money so that's why I, I do it myself so that's what I've been doing for the most part. But I did take the, that Friday of that week off. Uh, I, well, I actually worked on the house. But that evening, I decided I was going to go out with my buddy Sean. And we hit uh, Tin Barrel. And we had some good beers and good dinner and good fellowship there. And then we, after that, we walked down to uh, down the street to Prost, which I know you've uh, mentioned Prost uh, before uh, on the show. And they are a... Uh, a pub franchise that serves only German beers. And these German beers are all on on tap. They have the right glassware, the actual named and uh, proper glassware for all the beers they have on tap. And I am, was surprised that of, they had about 12 things on tap, which is pretty good for all German beer, 12 German beers on tap that weren't just a typical Bitburger and, you know, stuff that you normally get. Uh, these were beers that that for the most part I hadn't tasted a lot of them. So I had three new unique German beers that I hadn't had before. And that's saying a lot because every time I go to Israel, I go to the, the German beer gardens there. So I have a lot of, you know, German beers under my belt. But it was kind of it was kind of good. Now the problem is is we drank a tin barrel. I drank like four I think I drank four or five beers at tin barrel. And then I went to this uh, Prost, I drank three more half-liter beers, uh, and two of them were 7.2%. That's a big German beer. Those were uh, Dunkelweizens, and um, one was a Dunkelweizen, and one was uh, was a Bach, and those, those were both big. And then we went back to my buddy Sean's house and had more beer. Uh, I'll tell you what, I don't, luckily my, my lovely wife was not uh, drinking, so uh, she was able to get me home safely, but I, it's one of those nights where I reverted back to my youth when I could go out and drink and drink myself to oblivion where I don't even remember getting home. Uh, the next morning we were driving to Pocatello to, to visit with my daughter. Uh, I was up bright and early at 7 a.m. We got home like at 1.30 or 2, I guess, was what Sarah said. I got right up at 7.30, showered, jumped in the car, and we, you know, ran off to Pocatello, you know, that did that three or four hour drive. 
uh, and then went to a casino. While we were there, I took my daughter to her first casino at, at an Indian reservation and went to the Snow Eagle Brewery, which I will talk about some of their beers in just a few minutes. Uh, so, hey, I've still got it, John. I'm yeah, not you as, handled it like a champ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I was dead tired. when By the time we got back home Sunday night, man, I was spent because I, you know, I just didn't have much sleep uh, for a couple of nights and, and uh, a lot of drinking and, and fun. And then I had to go back to work, so that's never fun. Yeah, so, so much for having the week off, like recharging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to mention that uh, that even though I'm an old man, I can still party like the youngins sometimes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll have to uh, test that out again sometime. Of course, of course. All right, John. So I just you know mentioned some of my fun and um now it is time to mention some of the fun beers, the noteworthy beers that we have drank over the last couple of weeks. So, John, why don't you start us off with your noteworthy beers? All right. So I'm going to start with a couple of beers from Stone, uh, both with kind of a mocha theme. Uh, the first one is their mocha IPA uh, that I picked up. And this uh, this is a really interesting beer. Um because you know we've talked about the like the white stouts, you know the, mm-hmm. the standard you know yellow beer that smells and tastes like a stout. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what they were doing here, except it was hopped up um, like an IPA. So when you first crack it, it smells you know huge hop aroma, like just like you'd expect from a stone IPA. You taste it, and it's like chocolate, mm. and you know, at first year, even though you know what you poured in, it's still a little, you know, off-putting because you, you're not used to that, yeah. you know, dichotomy there. But I, I tell you what, it worked. And the more that it warmed up, the more it started smelling like chocolate too. And then it, it kind of morphed into one of those, uh, you know, white stouts with uh, kind of a, a citrus background. Mm. And so it was really nice. Um so if you can find it, uh, I recommend picking some up uh, to try it out. It's, it's really unique and uh, not really something I've had. Well, it's not something I've had before. Um, so definitely worth worth trying because it kind of gets you that chocolate orange kind of thing going on towards the end. Okay. Um, this is a, a new release, right? It's one of their, their new releases they just did? Yeah, I think so. So it, it should be out there if, if you're wanting to try it out. Okay. Um, so the other one that I'll talk about from Stone is their, uh, Chocoveza Chard. Mm. Um, so they came out with the Chocoveza. It's a mocha stout. Yeah. Um, it was, a one of their homebrewer collaborations, uh, with, uh, Chris Banker. And they also had Insurgent, uh, brewing as part of the, uh, collaboration. Okay. And, uh, but... This this one they did, it's the charred version. So they took that beer and they aged it in bourbon barrels. Uh, so it's an ale brew with cocoa, coffee, and spices aged in bourbon barrels. And it is as smooth and delicious as you could expect. I mean, it, it's like uh, a little bit of a boozy chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. It, it's so good and so smooth. Um, and uh, just thanking my my buddy rob for 
sharing that with us. Oh, um, nice. Even though we, we nearly lost the bottle uh, as we opened it. So <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, cork and caged bottle. We got the cork out. I set it down, but it's got that streamlined, you know, profile to it. Yeah. Uh, and so Robin picked it up. He's like, no, you know what? I want you to pour it. So he, he like reached over to hand it back to me. And as I'm reaching out for it, he thought I had it. I didn't have it yet. And he let go and the bottle started to drop. Mm. And thankfully my dad instincts kicked in and I mentioned <laughs> the bottle before in the crown as it was, you know, basically my child at that point. Oh yeah. Um, yeah you were a superhero. I, I was. I, I saved the night, and Rob was very thankful for that. And he nearly, uh, like, had a heart attack. It seemed like <laughs> he was very, very upset. But we saved the day. We got to enjoy this awesome beer. Oh, cool. um, I don't know if you'll be able to find this one. We picked it up a while ago. We've been waiting for a night where we could just relax and have it. But mm-hmm. um, if you happen to see it anywhere, or if you've got a buddy that's got it. Uh, make sure you're there when they open it up. It's really good. Yeah, this this beer I I believe was released at the end of last year, and I saw it in my area. But they want a, a hefty price for this beer, and yes, I they do. and I <laughs> was just like, you know what? I really didn't. I enjoyed the Choco Vesa, the regular, but and I've had some of the chard. I've had Arrogant Bastard chard, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I just right now I just am, I'm really having a tough time spending that extra cash for uh, some of these bigger beers because I'm trying to I'm trying to cut back my my hobby expenditure because I've got a lot of other expenditures going out so when my hobby starts to to overcome some of the other stuff I need to cut back so I've turned my my cheek away from some of these higher end things so if you do have a friend that is able to pick it up go yeah for sure uh, give it a try, and I would I would have loved to have sampled that myself because I I bet it was good. Now, the booziness wasn't too heavy. It they, they kind of went light handed on the on the barrel booziness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it wasn't it. I mean, you kind of had to look for it to know it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of gave it a little extra depth, which was which was nice. But it didn't like smell like bourbon or anything like that. Okay. Like, like it can get you know heavy handed on on some things. But, All right. Well, good. Yeah. Good. It's good. Uh, so then in a completely opposite direction, uh, last one I'll mention is uh, from Oakshire, and it's their Sunmade Cucumber Berliner Weiss. Uh, cucumber seems to be like the new fad here. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody's doing cucumber beers. Um, I've been picking up a lot of them because uh, I tend to enjoy them, uh, especially now that it's summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this uh, Cucumber Berliner Weiss was just awesome all right really big like honeydew melon you know kind of flavors coming through uh it was it was really refreshing and uh i I really enjoyed it um so if you have oakshire in your area and you can get your hands on the sunmade uh cucumber berliner vice definitely go pick it up uh it's a great one to have during summer so all right well i will tell my wife when she goes to the co-op to look for it because we do get Oakshire, but we have to catch the stuff when it first comes in because it's, uh, usually goes pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely grab it if you can. So it's you, Danny. What are your, uh, noteworthy beers? Okay. I do have a few. 
And I'm going to start off with my Friday night beers uh, after work. And I, I, I haven't been drinking much on tap that's been at the Brewer's Haven because they just haven't had stuff that uh, warrants me wanting to spend the 475 per pint. It's a pretty hefty price. It used to be, when I first started going to the Brewer's Haven, I think it was $3 a pint. And that was a steal. No matter what they had on tap, it was $3. And they've slowly, you know, worked it up. And now it's 475 which is still not that bad for some of the good stuff they have on there. But right now, everything they have on there, I've, I've had a number of times. And I just didn't feel like drinking off the tap. So we went ahead and, and grabbed some stuff out of the, uh, you know, out of the uh, beer cooler. And one of the ones I, I noticed that they had that I haven't had before was from Ballast Point. And Ballast Point is known for their their hoppy beers, right? They do great hoppy beers. You know, they have the Sculpin. They have all the variants of Sculpin. They have the Watermelon Dorado, which is pretty good. They have, you know, a lot of, of IPAs that, that are, they're known for. Well, guess what? Uh, I can I can now say that they can do more than just IPAs or, or bitter or hoppy beers. Uh, I had their Kolsch, and I'll tell you what, uh, this beer was fantastic. I sucked that bottle down in about five, less than five minutes. My glass was empty, and I was going for another beer because uh, it was very tasty, very refreshing, and a really solid beer. I gave it a 4.25, four and a quarter cap rating on untapped. So that tells you that it's it's got something special there. And I, I don't know, John, I don't think you've had that Kolsch yet, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, go check it out. I know you like a good Kolsch, and it's summertime, yeah, so I do. So I have to look because uh, my bottle shop usually carries a nice selection of Ballast Point, so I'll have to see if they have that one too. Okay, and if 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 you can find it, John, I would very much almost like to have this as a tasting notes segment beer if we can both get it. And uh, I know Ballast Point is starting to branch out to more areas of the of the country, and and why not? We have we haven't done. Any cultures, I don't think, so it might be a good culture to try. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Okay. Also, uh, not you know, you had two stone beers on your noteworthy list. I have one stone beer, although it's now been branched off into the Arrogant Brewing Company. I don't know why they did that, but okay, it's called it's Arrogant Brewing's Who You Calling a Wussy, and this is a Pilsner. And you know, John, I am not a huge fan. If there's one style of beer that I probably would say is my least favorite in the in the in the past has always been Pilsners. But I'll tell you what, lately in the last year or two, I've really grown to appreciate a good Pilsner. And let me tell you what, uh Arrogant Brewing did not disappoint in this Pilsner. Uh I really, really enjoyed this Pilsner. It had a great flavor. It I don't I mean I I just I just loved it. In a nice sixteen ounce can. The can was awesome. Nice black can with a big old uh, gargoyle head on there. Uh, and uh, I gave it four caps, cap rating. So it's a solid Pilsner on uh, untapped. And again, John, I don't think you've had this one either, have you? No, I actually just saw this one today, um, but I didn't pull the can down, so I didn't get a closer look at it. Um, it just looked like something somebody was just trying to get attention for. Yeah. Um, it works. Yeah, it grabbed my attention. So I That's kind of why I ignored it and didn't pull it down. So I guess I'll, I'll have to grab it next time. Okay, yeah. I, I would really like to hear your opinion on it. So grab it next time you see it. It's not too expensive. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. So then the other – I have two more beers from that Snow Eagle Brewery that I went to last 
Saturday with my daughter and my wife. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to talk about another Kolsch. Snow Eagle has a seasonal release during the summertime that's a Kolsch. And uh, it's an award-winning Kolsch. It, I mean, I, I think it won uh, some big awards thing. I don't know what it was. But uh, really, really good Kolsch. I gave this one a four-cap uh, four rating also. I mean, it just, it just had great malt character and, and crisp and very refreshing. And it's another great summer ale. I could, drink this, I could drink this beer all summer long. So if you are in the poke or in the, in the Idaho Falls, it, I, we had to actually drive 45 miles outside, you know, even further away from Boise, uh, you know, from Pocatello. It was 45 miles away uh, to get this beer, and, and I, I enjoy visiting this brewery. So if you're in Idaho Falls area, stop by Snow Eagle. And they also had a beer called the Black Eagle Cascadian Dark Ale, and it's a black IPA style. And another, again, John, another black IPA or Cascadian Dark Ale that I really appreciate. It has that roasted malt uh, up front with that uh, bitterness, that IPA bitterness and uh, flavor in the back end. Uh, very well done. Uh, again, four cap rating in my ratings for black IPAs. And again, because I rate by style, when you see a four and a higher, that means that style, that beer for that style is really, really good. Nice. Yeah. So, so maybe we, I don't think we're going to be, when you come visit me the next, you know, next time that I don't think we have time to, to drive almost four hours to, uh, try these beers and they don't they don't can or bottle you have to go to the brewery so um i don't think you'll you may ever be able to taste these unless they they start to distribute outside their area all right so we just need to coordinate it so you run up there and <laughs> get some growlers, growlers. Yeah. <laughs> we can do that we can do that I, I, now they're coming out with growlers there's more and more growlers coming out that they have those co2 cartridges that you can uh charge up so maybe I'll have to buy a couple of those uh, when they go a little cheaper and make a trip, grab the beer, charge it up, and in preparation for you uh, visiting. So we can we can drink it while you're here. Yeah. All right. So now that we have talked about our beers, how about uh, our untapped contest that we're not really contest, but you know our competition that we're doing. Yeah, the, How are you, doing? the thing you just kind of go on your life, and I'm like, <laughs> I gotta do this. <laughs> it's, it's really one sided. Um, but uh, I, d- I gave up a little bit of ground over the last uh, week and a half or so. Okay, uh, I, I gave up three beers. Oh, um, so it's still still in double digits. It's 96 uh, that I'm behind. Um, but I did notice that I am two beers away from hitting 400 uniques this year uh, oh, since wow. we started. Uh, and you're at 368 um, since January 3rd. Okay. So we've been doing some work. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're at 400 and I'm at 360. I mean, that is a lot of beers in seven months' time. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. We, we might actually want to keep that to ourselves, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Well, you're doing you're doing good, John. You notice that I, you know, I haven't logged a lot on Untapped because I only, I mean, sometimes I'll log a beer I've had before if if, if it's a special occasion or if I am changing my rating or if I you know, something different. Uh, but 
for the most part, you have you've probably seen that I haven't logged a lot this week. I've been pretty quiet in on Untaft for a couple of weeks. So well, I, I would have noticed that if I was, you know, not the same way. So <laughs> we were both like not doing a whole lot this week. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, it's all right. All right. Well, hey, you're doing good. You're doing good. All right, it's time for our listener question segment. We do have one listener question from our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge on Twitter, and he's he's asked this question. He says, "Whale beers, how do they get that status? And are you a whale chaser?" So, John, do you have a, a simple definition of what a whale beer is? Uh- yeah, I mean, it's a beer with a lot of hype and not a lot of availability. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much what it boils down to. People okay. have decided that it's uh, something you can't live without as a craft beer drinker, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to get. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much And And uh, that's the whole thing is that it gets popularity by whatever means. I don't, you know, somehow it gets, uh, it gets out there that people got to have this beer and then, and then everyone, you know, strives to get it and then it becomes hard to get and then people it's like ahab you know chasing that big white whale uh to try to you know to to conquer it uh now are you a whale chaser uh no i'm not i I don't go out of my way for it um i don't really like having to stand in line to get beers and stuff like that yeah too cheap to trade all the time and be shipping beers all over the place i i'm the same Um, i'm the same way so no i mean if if the opportunity presents itself i'll take advantage but i don't uh don't go out of my way for it yeah yeah i um in the same way i have never stood in line for uh for a beer i just don't have the patience i I, i'm not going to get up at three in the morning to go stand in front just so i can have a chance to taste some beer I, i mean that's great you know what there's so many great beers out there that even though this one beer is great, uh, there's a lot of beers that aren't even known that might be the equivalent to it that people just haven't found yet. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't have the patience to to, to go out and, and search for them. And, and in my area, we don't get a lot of whales, right? I, I'd have to travel, you know, outside of my location, and, and that's too much effort. I mean, I suppose if I lived in Southern California or in Northern California where where Pliny the Younger comes out, uh, maybe I might, you know, on a whim one time uh, go out and try to, you know, sample that beer. But, um, yeah, I just don't have that that uh, that uh, mentality. So, sorry, Robert. Um, now let us know, are you a whale chaser, Robert? Do you chase the whales? And our listeners out there, do you chase well beers? You go out of your way to go grab that uh, Bourbon County Stout or whatever. What's what's the big ones of the the the, the Dark Lord, the yeah. uh, the uh, founder? What what's the is it founders? Uh, founders yeah, KBS. Yeah, yeah, KBS. I mean, I I think that our buddies that are in Michigan, they pretty much if it falls into their laps then they go for it right but they're not going out of their ways to to secure a case of of these beers and and then trading them and 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 such now our buddy chris mckenzie i don't know i think he is a well chaser maybe he moved to tampa just so he could be closer to the wells right 
<laughs> All right. Thank you, Robert, for that question. And if you, the listener out there, would like to be like Robert and get your questions or get your information, whatever you want, you just want to communicate with us and be a part of the show, you can do that by uh, writing to us on our email at taptocraft at gmail.com or you can comment to us on Twitter. Just use our Twitter name at taptocraft and you can also follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash taptocraft. You can write to our wall. You can leave comments on our post. Remember, we leave a post of our podcast every time we release one. You can go ahead and add comments to there and we will, uh, you know, respond to them on the show. So, hey, check us out on social media. Now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment, which is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the New Belgium's Fat Tire and Friends Collab Beeration Pack. And this is in celebrating their 25th anniversary as a brewery, which is which is pretty pretty decent. So why not go and celebrate with your friends by having your friends help brew a beer in uh, in the famous fat tire style? I don't know. It's not really. These are different styles, so it's not really an amber style, but it's taking fat tire, doing a little yeah, bit of changes, and and you know, yeah, different takes on on what you could do with it. Yeah, yeah. So this pack is filled with beers where the Collaboration Brewery, and we'll tell you the breweries as we get each beer uh, named, uh, they can add their own special little spin or twist on the, on the uh, original Fat Tire uh, beer to commemorate the occasion of the 25th or 25th anniversary. So uh, these aren't going to be standard offerings of Fat Tire Amber Ales. These are going to be, uh, you know, a little bit of different twist to it, different yeast, maybe uh, some different hops, uh, you know, a few different things. And we're going to go ahead and, and outline uh, each of the beers. There were five new collaboration beers in this pack. And, of course, they included the original Fat Tire, so you have something to reference it off of. And uh, we're just going to talk about, about what each beer is about. So, John, why don't you hit us off with the first beer in this collaboration pack? Sure. So the first one was the Fat Funk Ale. Uh, and this was a collaboration with Allagash Brewing out of mm-hmm. Portland, Maine. And uh, for this one, uh, so they take Fat Tire back to its Belgian roots, the Deldol uh, House Belgian Yeast Strain that adds classic pear, banana, and spice to Fat Tire's multi goodness. And then bottle condition the beer with Britannomyces Allagensis. <laughs> Go with. <laughs> see, you see uh, how for, you, for a spicy finish. Yeah, you, you see how I, I I got you to to hit off that first one there. That that's a special strain. Is that like have you ever heard of that strain of uh, Betamyces? I'm guessing it's a house strain that that's, they've yeah. <laughs> built over time since it starts with the ala. You know, but I didn't want to say allegaganness because that doesn't seem like what they want, what they're going for for a beer. Yeah, gag, you know, gag reflex. Gag. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, so the tasting notes for this beer, the appearance, the orange hue with a heavy sheen, creamy white foam, and a sticky lacing. Mm-hmm. Um, they say the aroma, it's a peppery, spicy bubblegum scents up front with subtle fruity undertones, some grainy maltiness, herbal hops, and funky bread characteristics. Mm-hmm. And the flavor, mild sweetness with a touch of sourness and a light bitterness that slowly builds 
medium body, slightly creamy with a dry finish. And it's at 5.6% mm-hmm. ABD. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember so, do you remember this one John when you I know we we've all had these. Uh, so what do you have anything extra you want to talk about your experience? Yeah, this one for me I just thought was really subdued. Mm-hmm. Um I got some of the fruity character from it, but I didn't pick out any of the the other stuff. Um you know, it still had the maltiness with a little fruity. That that's pretty much what I picked up from this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to quickly find my uh, my notes on here when <laughs> untapped so I can talk about it also. But uh, oh, oh, come on, I was prepared. I pulled mine up before the segment. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not so quick. But uh, I know that I did write down that uh, we each scored this beer on untapped uh, at a three point two five. So it's a little bit above average. So that is nice. So now I've got my beer. Coming up, and uh, I here, here's my notes on here. I said it has a big pear aroma in the nose with a pleasant Brett funk in the flavor, uh, but I'm not picking much else up in the flavor. So I, I I agree with you on that. It was seems to be like kind of a subdued. I mean, you you, you were able to maybe pull out some fla- other flavors in there, but for me it was kind of a subdued, you know, funky L. I just had that, for the most part, I was picking up the Brett uh, Funk, not much of the extra flavors that they, they mentioned in their the description. So, all right, here we go. The The next ale, um, and, you know, we just talked about the Funk Ale. Well, guess what? We have a Fat Wild Ale also. So this is from Avery Brewing, and they're out of Boulder, California. I mean, Colorado. Why did I say California? Because I guess it just <laughs> Avery, California flows better than Avery, Colorado. It makes me makes me have to think about it a little bit. But they're right there, close by uh, Fort. I think Fort Collins is where New Belgium's at, right? Fort Collins. Yes. Yeah. So right. they're, they're pretty close by. So they say that this beer is a tropic take on the fat tire. Avery took a healthy dose of Brettanomyces bruxellensis. Nailed it dry uh, to create a fat tire spin with a sturdy malt backbone, fruity hop aroma, and a tropical pineapple layer. Wow, that sounds pretty uh, you know, pretty special to me. Uh, the, the tasting notes, uh, if you were to uh, look at the appearance, it comes in with a little hazy orange copper coloring. It uh, has a, a very solid white foam and light lacing. The aroma it says it has a lot of tropical fruit, uh, some stone fruit, and some citrus in there too. That's that's quite a uh, a variety of, of different fruits. That uh, I mean, I can say the stone and the tropicals might blend well together, and the citrus. I guess they all kind of blend well together. But um, okay, that was interesting. That that that's that's all the flavors. Uh, it, they also say there's a slight herbal uh, flavor. In there, or aroma in there with uh, a little bit of funky Brettanomyces notes, and uh, that's nice. The flavor starts off fruity sweet and moves quickly to moderate bitterness. A slight sourness and a hoppy bitterness finishes off the the sip. This has a medium body that's warming with a bitter finish and 6.2 alcohol by volume. So this one is the I think the biggest beer. Of them all, as far as ABV, it's six point two percent. 
Let me find this one on my untapped. Yeah, so this one, you had it. 3.75, and I had it 3.25. Okay, so you, you felt so. this was just a slightly above average. I thought it was slightly more above average than you. Yeah, so I I pretty much describe this as lightly tropical. And, you know, there, there's kind of a theme here. You know, I, I can get a little bit of what they were going for, but at the end of the day, it was still a lot of amber ale to me. Yeah. Um, so, the, and it... I had that issue with quite a few of the beers, mm-hmm. um, but uh, clearly you enjoyed this one uh, a bit more. Uh, you, you know, because I do, I do enjoy Bredemeisse's, um yeast, and I enjoy the the different flavor that it gives you. Now, uh, my notes that I had on Untapped say I had a little bit of funk and a tropical flavor, nice copper red coloring. So obviously, I didn't have much to say about this. Uh, except it had the funk and tropical fruit that I, I picked out of it. And even though they said orange copper, I said copper red. I don't know. It, it could be either way. Yeah, um, I don't think there's – I think it's fine. But but I, but I agree. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm, I appreciate Brett beers that aren't overly Brett, right? I don't like that. I like Brett, but I don't want the Brett to be choking me as I'm, you know, you know just like – taking up everything that I've got when I'm drinking that beer. I want to appreciate it without being, uh, you know, spoon-fed it kind of in that way. So, all right, that was the uh, Fat Wild Ale. Now, John, what's the next beer in our pack? All right, so next we have the Fat Sour Apple Ale. Uh, That's a collaboration with Hopworks Urban Brewery out of Portland, Oregon, or Hub, as you'll see on all their packaging. Um but uh, this slightly sour homage starts out with a snap of tartness, courtesy of lactobacillus and apple juice, then gets balanced with the fat tire-inspired multi-sweetness and a slight herbal bitterness. Hmm. Um, so appearance, apricot hue, the medium-heavy sheen. <laughs> I don't know what they, they're talking about the sheen, but uh, <laughs> a light amount of uh, bright white foam. Uh, the aroma, subtle amalgam of fruits, it's mostly citrus with some tropical stone fruit and tart green apple. Mm-hmm. Um, flavor, quick sweetness, followed by a blast of sourness and a light bitter finish. And the body is creamy and coating, and it clocks in at 5.9. Mm, okay. All right. So um, I, I've drank, I think, I got a 24-pack of this, so I've got a bunch of each one. I think I drank almost all of these. And the first beer is the only one I rated. I, I haven't revisited it. And um, I did give this three and, and a quarter cap ratings. I might actually raise that a little bit because the more I drink it, the more I I just appreciate that, you know, a lot of times when you add apple into a beer, it, it can almost taste like it was an off flavor of the beer, right? It's not natural to have that that green apple flavor in in your beer, yeah. acetaldehyde. Yeah, you're not supposed to have it in there. And um, that's what I sensed when I first tried it. It wasn't too off-putting, but I thought, oh, you know what? It's kind of appley. It's kind of okay. But I'll tell you what: as I've drank more of them over the last week, um, I I kind of appreciate this beer more than I did when I first tried it. Now, what my notes in Untapped say: a uh, little tartness and a little bit of the apple. Not something that I want to drink regularly, but not a bad beer. Now, this is a beer that I wouldn't want to like pound like three or four in a row. I don't mind having this 
one beer and then moving on to something else. Uh, with that's that's gives me the appreciation of what it has to offer without overdoing it or or getting me kind of tired of it. So I I found that that this beer grew on me the more I had it. So John, what do you think about this beer? Uh, I enjoyed the tartness of this beer, uh, but I found it to be pretty one dimensional. Um, I didn't pick up, you know, citrus, tropical, stone fruit, any of that stuff in there. Um, it, I mean, it was much, uh, I mean, you could definitely tell that they had done something different with it, mm-hmm. um, where you might have to think about it with the, the two we've already talked about. Um, you know, cause that tartness was there and mm-hmm. there was no getting around it. But, uh, you know, this one I think had a lot of potential, um, but didn't quite get there for me. Okay. Um, I, j- I just wanted a little bit, something more, uh, to kind of round it out. Um, yeah, but, no, I, yeah. no, I understand. And you also gave it a three and a quarter star. So we both gave this beer the same rating. I, I might raise mine up to three and a half. I don't know. I haven't I haven't changed it, so I'll just keep it three and a quarter because um, I don't know. I, like I said, I just found, I just appreciate it a little bit more the more I drank it. I I did have a couple more samples of it than you had, and um, and I think I just I don't know. I it just kind of after a few versions of it, I I appreciate it more every time I drank it. So. All right, the next beer on our tasting pack is the Fat Hoppy Ale. And this is a collaboration with Firestone Walker out of uh, Paso Robles, California. And uh, they, they say this is a happily hoppified fat tire thanks to their California friends. First, they created an assertive hop presence, and then they added a lager yeast to the fat tire recipe. The result? A hoppy amber lager version of the fat tire with an amplified American hop aroma and flavor. And uh, I can't agree more uh, as far as, as everything I said. I, I honestly did not know that they used a lager yeast uh, in this beer when I was drinking it. But after, the, you know, after I've, I've, I've had it, I can, I can sense the, the little bit of a uh, characteristic in there that maybe they did use that lager, lager leaf, so that's pretty pretty nice. So the tasting notes, notes according to the website here, uh, it has a bright golden color with a light white foam and lacing. The aroma comes across as a hoppy pine resin. Notes mingle with tropical guava and citrusy grapefruit and orange. The flavor is also light malty sweetness initially with a subtle bitterness in the middle that lingers ever so slightly. And the body is light to medium with a subtle hop coating. And it clocks in at 6% ABV. And John, what did you think about this beer? Uh, This is my favorite of the pack. Um, I gave it a Mm. 3.75. And I described it in my comments as like an easy drinking pale. I think it yeah. kind of took the amber and made it like a, a nice hoppy pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it went down easy. It was, uh, you know, nice hop aroma and, and flavor. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. So how about you? I, I also really enjoyed it. And, um, 
only th- I, I I gave a little bit higher rating than you. I actually gave it, and it you know, and again, remember that everyone out there listening that I do rate my beers per style. So, uh, and for for the style of what I was just uh, ranking, kind of more of a, I was kind of putting this into like a like a more of a hoppy red uh, category, and I gave it a four and a quarter star rating i really really are captivated i really enjoy this one and just like they said it 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 has just good flavors all around it has some uh maltiness in there light maltiness and it has a nice lighter uh hot presence i mean it's there but it's not overwhelming and it's just an easy drinker the only thing i said on untapped is just fantastic and that's that keys it up i i i don't know what else to say it just it just was a. I thought it was a well done beer that uh, was also my favorite of all the beers in that pack. Uh, is is this beer by far? So uh, the next one is the Fat Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was done by Rheingeist Brewing out of Cincinnati, and uh, this one is Fat Tire to the XP and A. Uh, the innovative <laughs> folks at Rheingeist went on all went all new style on Fat Tire. The result is a Belgian style XPA. A combination of fruity Belgian yeast, bready sweet European and Colorado malts, and a healthy dose of fruity Venice hops, perfect for hopheads, wine lovers, beer fanatics, and even whiskey quaffers. Wow. Uh, so visual uh, amber color uh, with light white foam and lacing. Uh, and the aroma, you have spicy yeast notes, uh, sweet malt, and hints of white grape and tropical hops. And then the flavor, it starts slightly sweet with hot bitterness quickly joining and lingering, uh, medium to heavy body, and uh, 6 ABV. Uh, So what were your thoughts on this one, Denny? Okay, so um, this was my least rated. I I rated this a three cap rating on untap. It's my least favorite of the batch. Um, I don't know if it's because I had such high hopes for Ryan uh, Rheingeist. Uh, I've been wanting to try their beer for so long. Um, and reading, you know, he, getting the, the description, what they explained, a combination of fruity Belgian yeast with bready, sweet European, I mean, all that stuff. I didn't, it, it is more, uh, a bit more malty on, on it. I enjoyed that aspect. Um, but I wouldn't call it a Belgian pale ale, honestly. I did not get the Belgian, uh, you know, kick that I appreciate in a Belgian pale. So what I wrote on Untapped here is says, not sure I'd call it a Belgian pale, but it is a hoppy pale with a fruity bitter hops. And it's not bad. And I gave it three caps. So how how did I do compared to you, John? Did you like this one a bit more? So I gave it uh, 3.25. Um, yeah, I was just expecting more, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it's another one that, you know, there were hints of what they were trying to do, but it didn't seem to really transform it in the yeah. way that uh, they expected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look, when I have it all in front of me now, um, you know, it, it seems like the ones that, you know, I thought there just wasn't as much there, uh, you know, it, it's all related to either like a Belgian or, Britannomyces type uh, dosing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know if like the Britannomyces beers need a little more time to develop. Um, oh yeah. You know, maybe they just hadn't quite reached their potential. Uh, you know, we both latched on to the, the hoppy ale, uh, which would be better the earlier you drink it. Um, you know, so maybe some of these may have benefited from a little extra time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, a lot of them, I, it was just like, you could tell it was an amber ale that they were just trying to, you know, change direction <laughs> a little bit on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the only one that was like fully transformed was the, the hoppy one. Yeah. Um, the sour apple, I mean, it was really, that one, I, I should say it was transformed as well, but mm-hmm. I just don't think it, it hit the mark Okay. for me personally, but okay, no, yeah, I don't know. And I'm curious now if I if I'd had the bigger pack and maybe I'd realized it just to take a couple of them out of the fridge and just let them sit for a little bit, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I've been uh, I've I've been experimenting, uh, you know, starting off with them chilled and then letting them warm up as I you know different different samples I get I try to do a little different and I I think they do um, taste a little bit. They open up a little bit more once they warm up to a, to a decent temperature. Now, I don't know if they're going to age, uh, if the Britannomyces is going to do anything more, because I believe that New Belgium, they pasteurize all their beer, so it pretty much locks in whatever the flavor profile is going to be of that of that yeast is going to be in at that, at that point where they lock it in with that pasteurization. So I think even letting them age is probably going to have the same... Uh, very similar flavor than we'd get um, if, if you know, fresh. So uh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't consider that. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not gonna age mine. I, I only have a, like four left. So pretty much I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink them all. Uh, I think. I think <laughs> like three of those four I have left are, are all the uh, the original fat tire. Um, uh, which brings us to our last beer that's in that pack, and that is the New Belgium Fat Tire Ale, the original recipe. So not only can you sample the, the previous five uh, beers that have been uh, collaborated and changed a little bit, but you can also get the original to kind of base it off of, which is good to, to, to go ahead and do that. And if you want to have the tasting notes and, the, and what, what to expect out of that beer, guess what? We did a tasting notes segment in episode 11. So go back and uh, listen to episode 11 for our awesome tasting notes on the original Fat Tire. All right. Well, hey, that was our Brew Buzz segment. I hope that you guys were, uh, you know, found it interesting. And if you did, you either decided to go out and buy the, the pack, or if you did buy the pack, let us know how you enjoyed these beers. Were you kind of following along right with John and I's opinion, or did you actually get something more or less out of the beers? Let us know, and, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. We want to thank uh, Open Forum Radio Network uh, for supporting the show and providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe that you will find uh, more enjoyable content on the other great shows that OFRN has to offer, like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer, 
And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpaFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for our beer tasting segment, and we are going to be tasting the Arrogant Bastard Ale. And uh, I'm going to try to open my beer, John, without spilling it all over my keyboard this time. <laughs> I'm st- I, I, I kind of want to get a oh, as I burp, I want to get a hint of uh, of the oh, there maybe that that sounded good. Okay, yeah, that was nice. We both opened our. Our cans. I, I I take it you have a can of this beer also. Nope, that was a bottle. Oh, that was a bottle. Oh, okay. Well, um, John is drinking out of a twenty-two ounce bottle. I am pouring from a sixteen ounce can. This is a brand new um, container offering from for this beer. Before you could only get it in twenty-two ounce bottles or on draft, and now they offer a sixteen ounce can version. And again, I, I just want to mention that um, this is from uh, uh, Arrogant Brewing, which is known as Stone Brewing. Stone Brewing used to be the the owner of this, and now they kind of, I, you know, separated their brand names into Arrogant Brewing, and they're out of Escondido, California. The style that we'll be drinking this Arrogant Bastard Ale is an American Strong Ale. And if you want more information about what an American Strong Ale style category is all about, go find episode 34 where we talk about the American Strong Ale category. And you can uh, you can find out what it's all about in that episode. The alcohol by volume comes in at 7.2% alcohol. This is a strong L, so it's going to have a strong ABV. The IBUs, guess what? They say it's classified. Don't ask or we'll have to kill you. So we don't know what the IBUs are. So that's a, that's top secret. And as I already mentioned, it does come either in a 16-ounce can, a 22-ounce bottle, or on draft. Those are the options you have to enjoy this beer. All right, John. So now we've poured our beers into glasses. And uh, I'm going to describe my coloring real quick. Um, I'm looking at pretty much a deep copper red coloring. Yeah, deep copper red. That's what I'm going to say. What about you, John? What do you see for the color? Yeah, as deep copper, you could almost say it's a really light brown. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it is really dark. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, I am getting a few bubbles. I am drinking this out of my Arrogant Bastard Ale pint glass, shaker pint. So it doesn't have any etching or anything. And I'm getting a little bit of bubbles coming up. Uh, you got any bubbles in yours, uh, John? I don't know. My lighting's not great down here okay. for a darker beer, okay. but uh, yeah, I do have um, about an inch of head, yeah. uh, off-white, almost tan uh, head that's sticking. And what's come down of the head so far is already leaving a nice lacing on the glass. So, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. I I agree. I agree. It's got uh, uh, a, an off-white or almost tan head. It's got a lot of you know darker color. Uh, great lacing. I'll tell you what, this beer is for real. It it 
sticks to the glass. I mean, as you drink it, or as the head comes down, it's sticking to that side of that glass. It's got some uh, big and fine bubbles in that head. Uh, It's very, uh, you know, it it says, it's telling me to drink it. That's what it's telling me. That's that's great. All right, John. So um, let's take a whiff of this beer and see if we can describe what we're smelling. So I get a bit of hops, a bit of like a piney hop in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then kind of a, then then it's kind of all malt after that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I do get a um, right off the top of my uh, aroma is, is that pineyness, but then the, the there's a deeper like uh, richer malt uh, aroma in there, and I'm trying to pinpoint what it is. I I want to say it's it's kind of I don't know. It's 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 kind of uh, doughy, right? It's kind of a little bit doughy. Yeah, I, I get a little sweet, yeah, a little um, sweet, a little bit of that uh, kind of toffee character. Toffee, that's um, it. Yeah, toffee. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, not not what you normally get out of a big hoppy stone beer. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're right. You know what? Now that you you said the toffee, that's what it is. It's like a more of a of a toasty malt, and that's that's what I'm smelling. It's like a, yeah, like a toffee. Okay. Well, now that we just uh, sniffed it, let's go ahead and take a sip and see if, if we get the same characteristics in the flavor. Hmm. Yeah, I think the hops are more assertive in the flavor than they are in the aroma. Um, yeah. And the bitterness really hits you. You know, that's, uh, you know, they, they like to, to market this as, you know, not for the weak and that kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Um, I mean, it is very assertive, so... Yeah, it's it's um it definitely has the the hops, but um this is this is not a simple beer. Uh there there's some serious flavor in this beer. Um and I, I I'm jumping I don't want to I'm kind of jumping around because this is a hard beer to to try to to pinpoint exactly what you're tasting, but what's interesting about this beer is that like the, I'm gonna go to the finish because that's what I'm tasting right now. I took a sip and then now the after linger is is in the finish. I'm getting like I get a lot of like you you said in the in the aroma that toasty malt. I'm getting a lot of toasted roasty like not roasty like dark malt but toasty pale malt like a toffee malt. But I'm also getting some some coffee like a light roasted hmm. coffee flavor in the finish which is amazing because i've drank this beer i don't know a hundred times or more and i just enjoy it and this is the first time that i've tried to analyze it for what it is i just i drink it because i enjoy it and it's amazing that this is the first time i've ever picked up kind of a a bit of a coffee flavor in in this beer so i just want to say that because i was i'm shocked that that there it has a little bit of that flavor. You know, it's probably the most you ever really paid attention um, <laughs> to what you're like what you're really tasting and everything like that too. You know, um, when you're when you really are like trying to pick everything out, it, it's complete can be a completely different experience than yeah. just sitting back and enjoying the beer. You know. Yeah. 
So I'm 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 also getting so I'm just gonna sip, and I'm trying to get the the front. That's what we're trying to describe is what we first get when we we taste. I do get a lot of that bitterness up front from the hops. I'm also getting a uh, some type of a uh, of a fruitiness, not overly fruity, but um, maybe a. And again, I'm just going to label it pearish, but I don't know if that's mm. correct. It's some kind of a lighter, like a pearish type fruit as I first take the sip. But I don't know if it's really pear. It might be another stone fruit or something that's... Uh, yeah, I, I get uh, just a really subtle hint of kind of that dark fruit that you that people really associate with a barley wine, you know, mm-hmm. a nice aged barley wine. Okay. You know, kind of that age, you know big big fruit over there i i'm get. i feel like i'm just getting just a little bit of it um in there for me that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where my fruitiness is landing yeah i'm 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 taking another sip because i'm trying to you're right i think it is kind of a wow this is tough this is a tough beer to try to to break down because you're right i think it is more of a more of a darker fruit and it leads right into that bitterness i mean you get that little fruit and then bitter your tongue is like like covered in bitterness and then at the end after that goes away then you're left with those other flavors that just kind of linger in the in the background i i will say that uh if you are a light of light of palate or you don't like bitter things um then it's, you should probably read the label and stay away from this beer because you probably won't like it. And I, now I know why the, the bitterness is classified because it's definitely high high on the bitter uh, international bittering units. It's got to be it's got to be over a hundred, right? What do you think, John? If you took a guess at the bitterness rating of this beer, you you think it's it's got to be over a hundred, right? I, I think for everything else that's in this beer, you've got to be flirting triple digits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we kind of described uh, the front end, and we I described a little bit of what I got in the finish. We'll go back to the finish in a little bit, but how about the body? What, what do you I, think about I the body? Put that said like medium full, for sure, um, for sure. Maybe, yeah. Not not a uh, light, refreshing beard in any sort. <laughs> no, this is not. This is not a, a summer mow the lawn. Uh, you know quench your thirst beer um because for one thing it's gonna it's gonna probably put you on your ass after you uh you know you're out there working out in the hot sun and you 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 slam back one of these beers yeah it's gonna you're gonna feel it Uh, but yeah i definitely i would say medium full you know medium whatever i don't know the uh, medium full or whatever It's, it's 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 a heavier body for sure okay so there's the body now let's get into a little bit of the finish uh, I already mentioned that uh, it definitely goes right into uh, bitterness that covers your tongue. If you were to to uh, if you're able to to sense the bitterness by your tongue, it goes all the way basically from the back of my tongue to my tip of my tongue. I'm tasting bitterness, like I just licked a a you know a a bit bitter thing, whatever is bitter. What's bitter? What's what's uh, like bitrix? Uh, Bitrix is a bittering agent they put into things that keep kids from drinking bad stuff. It's like that. It's like super bitter, ultra bitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely bitter. Um, 
and it, it lingers. Yeah, uh, it does linger. Quite a while. I mean, after I take a sip, if I then like just swallow some of my spit, it's like re-energize the bitterness. Um, like it just kicks it back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely a, a very strong lingering bitterness. Um, but it it doesn't really finish super dry either. No. Um, so, you know, there there's still you know it's still pretty heavy um, coming across. Um, you know, and I, but I'm sure the bitterness lingering like that doesn't do it any favors. No. Um, no. But, uh, and, yeah. And uh, the weird thing, too, is is it's got to have a lot of hops in there. But I can't, I honestly can't pick out a hop flavor that I'm getting from the hops, right? I, it, it's, it's, I mean, there's bittering. And maybe there's a little bit of pininess in that bitterness. Yeah, that, I get pine. Yeah, the oh. pine. But, but that's it, right? It's like, it's like uh, pine tar or pine yeah pine tar maybe type thing but that's about it right i don't get any kind of other flavors that would that ease it up right this is supposed to be a harsh beer that you know the weak of palate aren't gonna isn't gonna enjoy all right well uh okay i guess that anything else on a finish john that you want to mention I, I don't know it's this is this is hard for me um well i, I don't know I, I will lend a little bit on the you know it's got pine and not a lot of of anything else. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this beer has been around a long time, you know, before a lot of the newer hops that bring all those different flavors. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was heavily dosed with an older hop that, you know, is really pine focused. Okay. Uh, You know, there, there weren't as many different, uh, hop flavors and aroma, um, around the time this beer came out. So, okay. All right, I'll buy that. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, basically, if it was an older, older American hop. Yeah. Okay. All right, so um, I have to, I I assume that uh, you would not recommend this for new people to craft beer, right? I, I absolutely would. Trial by fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. If you want people, if you want to bring people to hate craft beer, then this is the beer that you would give them the first time they try craft beer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to keep all the craft beer to yourself, yeah, um, give this one to people. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, it could be interesting just to give them a taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like, hey, <laughs> try this out. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't give this to anybody expecting good results. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I agree. I agree. Not not for new new people to craft beer. It would totally turn them off. Now, um, glassware, uh, I don't know. What, do you have any recommended glassware that you think would uh, make this beer present itself better? Or uh, I don't know. Willie Becker, I'd say. <laughs> uh. That's your go-to. <laughs> that or a Hefeweizen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think you know anything with a nice slight taper to it, um, bring it back in. You could even go, uh, you know, snifter on this, and I you mean, could. it did present really well. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's required. No, no. It, um, you know, it it would do it would do well in there. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I, I was going to say there's no really required glassware, and there's not. I think you can drink just any any glassware, and you'll be fine. But you're right. I think that if you wanted to step it up, uh, throw it into a snifter glass, I think I think that would be. Uh, I mean, it's a strong ale, so a snifter glass is uh, a glass that is great for American strong ales because um, it'll trap in some of those aromas. Maybe you'll get a little bit more out of it uh, when you're drinking it. And, and you'll heat it up. If you're holding that sniffer glass in the palm of your hand, you're going to end up heating that beer up, and you're going to you know, bring those flavors out and those, uh, a lot more, too. So, yeah, I'll agree with your snifter. I'll, I'll say, yeah, if, no, no required, but if you want to really up it, grab a snifter. All right, now's the hard part, John. It's time to rate the beer. Um. And this is always hard, right? This is always hard. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think I'd peg this at memorable. Yeah. Um, you know, I. It's not something that I, I you know, go back to um, that often. Um, you know, it, it was not as big of a part of my craft beer journey as it was yours. Um, so I don't. <laughs> you know, nostalgia for arrogant bastard. Um, but at the same time, I, it's something I, I do enjoy when I, when I get it. So I think I'd peg it memorable, memorable, okay. um, tell all your friends to try it based on our scale. I, so. I completely agree with you, John. This is a memorable beer. I tell all my friends to try it, especially if they like bitter stuff. And I, I just, I don't know. I've been drinking this beer for, I mean, for over 10 years I've been drinking this beer. And I, I drinking it today is just as enjoyable as I remember back in 2004, I think, is the first time I had the beer. So, uh, yeah, it's memorable. I, I agree. All right, so I tried to find uh, the malt and hops that uh, are in this. And guess what? They are classified stone or arrogant brewing is not releasing the secret the secret sauce to this beer so uh, but there are good clone um, recipes out there in fact I think I mentioned on the show that the first time I had this beer was actually a clone of, of my buddy's homebrew and uh, he it at that point it wasn't even being delivered in our area and so he you know, he was, he was home brewing, and he said, "Hey, there's this beer that everyone's clamoring about," and he brewed it up, and he hated it. And so, guess what? <laughs> I drank five gallons of his homebrew, arrogant bastard, and I loved it. I loved his homebrew, and when it came to our Boise area, I bought up bottles after bottles of it. And I will admit that the original arrogant bastard is better, but. My buddy's homebrew was pretty close. That that clone recipe was pretty close to to what the the actual real beer is. So, yeah, you'll never find a uh, recipe for this. It is under lock and key um, <laughs> from Stone. Uh, there there are a lot of homebrew recipes out there. Who knows what you should trust? Yeah, but uh, I, I will say I I looked it up and. Arrogant Bastard was first released in 1997. 97? So, okay. Yeah, November 7th. Wow. So, wow. Um, and uh, one other note. You know, they Stone is 
been on a big drink fresh yeah. you know, thing. And I, my bottle is stamped, um, bottled and enjoy by, and I'm past the enjoy by, and I bought this today. So, but I should have enjoyed this 11 days ago. Oh my gosh. My, so. I just looked in the bottom of my can. It says enjoy by seven, five, 16. So I'm past my enjoy by two, but you know what? Yeah. Mine's seven six, but this is a beer that can age. Yeah, um, you know, uh, but yeah, it, just a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> say they say that it shouldn't be older than ni- drink fresh is ninety days on their website. I saw that for this yeah. beer, and so that means that this you know can and your and your bottle, we're all I mean, a little bit later than that, but. You know what? It doesn't degrade at all. I, I mean, the beer is fantastic. I, I am completely set. In fact, I have literally got like four ounces left of this beer, of the sixteen ounce beer. I've almost drank the whole thing in the time we've been talking. Uh, yeah, my my bomber's empty. I have just have that left <laughs> in my glass. Yeah, so I, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm enjoying it as we're talking about it. I wish I was able to get out what I am tasting to explain it more to the listener, but trust me that, and John, John and I both love this beer and uh, it's worthy of your, uh, at least trying it, especially if you're a seasoned craft beer drinker and you love uh, bitter IPAs. It's not an IPA, but if you love bitter IPAs, I think you'll be able to handle this beer uh, well. So go out and try it. All right, John. Well, guess what? We're getting long in the show, and it's time to uh, bring the show to a close. But before we do that, let's uh, go ahead and raise our glass to uh, some of our friends. And who would you like to raise your glass to this week? So I'm going to raise my glass to a, a couple of Roberts. Um, <laughs> I think my, my buddy Rob for sharing the Chocoveza uh, chard. Um, you know, like we mentioned, not a cheap bottle, but yeah. it was, everybody enjoyed it. And it's awesome when you can you know, share a beer like that. And oh yeah. Everybody have a great experience. Um, and then, uh, cheers to our good friend of the show, uh, Robert for sending in this question and always, uh, giving us feedback and, um, you know, keeping us honest. <laughs> so That's right. That's right. And talking about keeping us honest, um, Robert, uh, actually, uh, you know, Twittered us and said, Hey, um, who's the guy that, that, uh, you shared your, uh, Chocotasso with last week? And I said, oh, that was my buddy, Alex. He's from Israel and he, we had a bottle share and I talked about it on the show. He says, yeah, yeah, you did. You talked about bottle sharing on the show, but you didn't mention that you bottle shared Chocotasso. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad because, you know, John, when we're talking beer on a show, my mind is wandering this way and that way, and I'm trying to stay focused. And I, I honestly forgot to mention that I did bring Robert's beer to the tasting, and it was well received. So, Robert, I want to raise my glass to you again for brewing a fantastic beer. Both my friend Alex and my friend Adi both loved the beer. Yeah, and in full disclosure, I've also shared my other bottle. Oh. Uh, with Kristen, um, <laughs> that, that style was like right up her alley. I mean, I, I drank the whole first bottle by myself. I didn't share. Yeah. Um, and the second bottle, 
um, we enjoyed after a uh, very difficult night with the children, and uh, it, it helps set everything straight. So of course, um, yeah, again, well received. So all right, excellent, Kudos, Robert, excellent. All right, I also have to. Uh, I want to raise my glass to my buddy Matt, which is uh, devious, Mister Matt on Twitter. Uh, last, fr- uh, I don't know, it was was it this week? It was this week, right? He was involved in a uh, motorcycle accident, like on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, this car pulled out right in front of him, and he flipped over the car. Uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, luckily he wasn't injured more. He has some aches and pains. But uh, he taken him to the hospital, done a bunch of tests. Uh, I just want to raise my glass to you, buddy. Uh, get well soon. I know that uh, you returned to work. Uh, injuries weren't that bad, but I know that, that any time you have to to deal with some kind of uh, throwing your body over a car at, you know, going 45 miles an hour or whatever you're going. Hopefully you're only going like 30 miles an hour. I don't know. It looked like you're going. I did get a, he did post a, uh, for a, a small fraction of a moment, he posted a YouTube video of his, his uh, camera that he had on his bike. And I actually watched him hit the car and fly over and then uh, rest there on the ground. And I turned it off. I said, I don't want to watch it anymore. And then he's since removed that video from YouTube, but uh, it looked pretty scary. So get well soon, buddy. We're uh, we're drinking with you. And also, I just want to uh, raise my glass to uh, our buddy Larry Asbury. He's Blue Man Rule on Twitter. He is the the uh, godfather of Open Forum Radio. He is the guy you listen to. Uh, when he, you know, who gives our little OFRN uh, podcast shout-outs uh, in the middle of the show. And he hit us up, or hit me up, for uh, some recommended beers. He's throwing a party, and he wanted to uh, provide beers for all of his guests that would enjoy. So he had a, a, a bunch of different um, styles he was trying to find. And I helped him, uh, hopefully I helped him, uh, find a few beers that, that his friends would enjoy. And... Larry knows how to throw a party because he, uh, you know, he buys the beer for the people that he wants to, to to enjoy it, and then if there's any left, he sends them home with that beer. Now, that's a host who sends their guests home with beer. So, Larry, I raise my glass to you for being a fantastic host, and uh, also thank you for uh, all you do for Open Forum Radio. Being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass and I want to thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services protecting our freedoms. I just want you guys to return home safely to your families as soon as possible. And cheers. Thank you for all you do. And you can find the beers uh, that we mentioned on the show in the show notes, which are located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow me on social media. I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, if the listeners want to follow you, how can they follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped, Prime WA, and someday I will get my barrel posts up on homebrandengineer.com. It's been super busy. Nope. I feel really bad. No problem. No problem. All right. Well, hey, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please subscribe and have your friends subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, 
we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. All right, that's all I have for my normal shout-outs. Of course, or my abnormal shout-outs, my, uh, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to cut that out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I've been I've been pounding these beers in my hot office, and I'm losing track of myself. So. I know. I'm, I'm like, looking at my glass of uh, Arrogant Bastard, just dwindling them. Yeah. Oh, man, we need to wrap this up. We're both going to get sloppy. Yeah. We've, yeah. like, pounded these. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I tell you, I can I can easily pound two of those bottles, uh, and then quickly forget what I'm doing next because they go down pretty good. 